today's Leading Women episode 372 with the wonderful Judy Hoberman. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite Today's Leading Woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two. Click the rate and review button. Step number three, say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four, type in the name of your favorite today's Leading Woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as TLW Fan of the Day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Judy Hoberman. Judy Hoberman is a true entrepreneur at heart with experience both in the self-employed and corporate arenas. She was personally selected by the president and CEO of a large insurance company to bring her talents into the corporate office. Her task was to demystify the sales process for 3,000 field agents and resulted in being awarded the Character and Integrity Award from the field for her contribution to their remarkable success. And then after creating a turnkey national training program for both managers and salespeople, she decided to develop on-site training for another one of her passions, the challenges faced by women in sales. Having been mentored by men her whole career, Judy has turned her training talents to the differences in sales techniques between men and women, and Selling in a Skirt was born, which addresses both the woman's need to use her gender-based talents and the male manager's need to understand how to help her be successful by using her instinctive qualities rather than those which are natural to him. So women of the world, Miss Judy Hoberman, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here and I and I love what you're doing. So this is just like going home for me. Well, thank you so much. I'm delighted to have you on the show and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So Judy, I really love what you're doing with your business, especially when selling in a skirt. I love that name as well. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, the sweat equity, the knowledge and experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge 
bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment anytime about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. Okay, I'm ready when you are. All right, so let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind a niche? Well, you know, it's interesting. I do believe that when you start a business, like when you write a book or an article, you have to do something that you are familiar with. And so for me, I have been in the business world for over 30 years, and I've always been in male-dominated industries. So being the only female, I had to learn how to navigate the system, and I had to learn how to be successful as a female. I had very successful male mentors, but as you and I both know, and I'm sure your listeners know, men and women are different. And so whatever they would tell me to do, I could do it to a certain extent. But because I wasn't exactly like them, I had to make up things as I went along. And so that that lasted for quite a long time. When I decided to start selling in a skirt, it really was designed to help women um, start a business, figure out how they could be successful by still being female and not trying to become a man. And I also wanted to make sure that they understood that we have some qualities inside of us that are amazing when you want to start a business and build a business. And and one of the biggest things that we know how to do is build a relationship. And that's truly what Selling in a Skirt was all about, was selling without selling, being authentic, and building a relationship so you could do business with people that you know, like, and trust. Well, I love what I'm hearing about your business and uh, how you came about with the idea how to morph it into what it is right now. I love the fact that you are focusing on helping women uh, in the in this male-dominated industry. Selling is one of the areas that we are we should be uh, focusing on, honing on our skill. And it's a great that you have this one out there. But what continues to inspire you doing this business? You know, when when I was growing up there were not that many women in sales and sales was really, you know, it was men. It was men that designed it, men that facilitated it, men that actually implemented it. So it was a little bit different. And women were also not in certain um, industries that they're in now. When I grew up, you, you, nobody, you know, very few women were doctors or attorneys. They were teachers and they were nurses and, and administrators. And there's nothing wrong with that. But now women are 50% of the workforce and women have more degrees, you know, master's degrees and professional degrees in science, technology, engineering, medicine. So there are more and more women that are actually in uh, positions that we didn't have access to before. So what keeps me inspired is even if women have, you know, a, a solid degree that they could go and get a job in corporate America, a lot of them are opening their own businesses. And it doesn't matter. I mean, you can be an engineer and have and be an entrepreneur. It doesn't mean that you have to work for corporate America. And women open businesses twice as fast as men do. So what inspires me is that there's so many more women that are available to understand that they can, you know, we're part of the, what they call the she economy. And people say that the Western woman is going to save the U S economy. Okay. Well, well, if that's true, there's more and more women that have to understand that they can do this by still being feminine and by using all those inherent qualities that we were talking about. 
Wow, I love the inspiration, the vision that you have there to inspire more women. And whether that be in uh, in business or in their career, great inspiration, great vision that you have that one. And I'm glad that you have shared one with us. But let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this idea or that turned this inspiration into a reality. Can you share our listeners, what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? Well, I think first of all, you have to figure out what your passion is. And if you go with your passion first, you, your chances of being successful are greater. If you go in it because you want to make money, well, there's nothing wrong with making money. But if that's your first, the first thing that you go in with, the chances of you being taken for being authentic are going to be less. So I always talk about, you know, finding your passion and your purpose. And that's the first thing that I had to do is figure out, like, what did I really want to be when I grew up? What was my passion? Well, everything that I've done is because of the passion. And the money is the byproduct of that. So the first thing I would say is that you you have to find your passion. The second thing, which is for women, one of the hardest things is staying selective and focused. Because we want to help everybody. We, we want to help everybody. We don't want to leave anybody out. And so for us to come up with that niche to, you know, really identify who our market is, is a little tough. So when I started out, I said my market were women. And I thought, well, I've eliminated 50% of the population. So I thought I was being a little more selective. But that's not good either, because not every woman in the world needs what I have. So then you have to keep narrowing it down. So you really have to identify and be selective about who your market is. And then the third is you have to stay focused. And I can't stress this enough. I am a, an entrepreneur, and which means that I'm a shiny object girl. Everything looks good to me. Oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks good. And so you can't be productive and you can't be profitable if you are all over the place. So you have to decide what's really important to you, what's important to your family, and you have to focus on that. And then all the other things will come into play, but you have to decide like really where you want to be and how you're going to get there. So focus on whatever it is and just stay as focused as possible. Will you ever stray? Of course you will. But but when you have, you know, 25 things that are going on, you can't possibly be as productive or profitable as you could be if you focused on one or two. Wow, so that's passion, being selective, being focused, staying selective, staying focused, having the passion, having the purpose. Great personal qualities or traits that Judy shared with us. And the good news is that we can all cultivate and adapt these traits in our lives or in our business building activities. And having the passion, starting with passion and purpose. What is that you want to achieve? What is that you want to do? What is that you love doing? And what is the meaning behind what you're passionate about? And of course, staying selective and staying focused. This is one area that I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to because I myself, I we have this shiny you know tiny objects that we there are a lot of things going on out there there are a lot of things that we want to we want to have we want to achieve we want to do but it's really important to stay focused on the goal that you want to achieve great traits there that we can all uh, learn from you so thanks for sharing mm-hmm. no problem all right now let's talk about how you prepared and what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur because as entrepreneurs we face daily challenges that define our being and 
To get through those challenges takes a very special person, and our audience wants to know that special person in you. So, what have been your biggest challenges building your business, and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? I think one of the the most important challenges that I faced was myself. Because I felt that if I was an entrepreneur and a solopreneur at that meaning, it was just me, myself, and I, um, I really didn't have to come up with a business plan or goals or anything because who else was going to know about it but me? So my challenge was I didn't really have anything to measure. If I said I want to make more money, if I said I wanted to get into this market, I said that and maybe I wrote it down somewhere, but I really didn't have any kind of um, business plan or business goals because who needed them? So that so that was one of my challenges was myself. I didn't really, I, I just I just was winging it all the time. You know, I, it just didn't make sense for me to have to do that. And that is a huge challenge and it's a really big mistake. The second thing is that... Um, I thought I could do everything myself. I didn't need to have anybody do anything because I was superwoman. I had the the S on my cape and I flew around and I did everything possible. And really what happens is like you're a gerbil on on the wheel. You know, you can really get nothing done because, okay, I have to do this and now I have to do this and now I have to do this. And it's kind of like overwhelming. So, um, you can't do everything yourself. You just have to be able to identify what you can do and what someone else can do. And then the first, the third challenge, which is very big for women is I didn't know how to say no. I I couldn't say no to anyone, whatever anybody needed. I was right there, which is wonderful. Okay. But at some point it's also exhausting because you can't constantly give without doing either receiving or doing things for yourself. So I was always the last person on my list because I did everything for everyone else. I never said no. And when you lose yourself, you kind of lose more than you could possibly imagine. You can't even put a dollar figure on it. So you have to be really careful that you're not, that you don't put your, if you don't put yourself on your, on your list, to-do list or whatever you want to call it, you end up losing yourself. And I, and I really lost myself for a while. Wow, I certainly can relate to this uh, challenges that you've shared. I'm sure a lot of our listeners do as well. I mean, overcoming our ourselves or overcoming our own limitations. I mean, having to, uh, I mean, having to do everything ourselves and not being able to delegate or outsource or not, not knowing or how to do this. And of course, setting the, our li- the boundaries or limitations, not knowing when to say no, especially for us women. I think this is one of the areas that we struggle a lot with, not being able to say no, um, because we feel like we don't want to uh, disappoint other people or somebody else. But it's really important to know when you you need to say no, to set that boundary, set that limitation, um, and then honor yourself, honor your, your, your what you do, what, you, what your priorities are. And the good thing is that when we're sharing these challenges with each other and how we're able to overcome them, we learn from each other. So for our listeners out there, these uh, challenges that Judy shared with us, let's learn from the lesson that is hidden in them. And when this challenge happens to us, we know how to deal with them. So thanks for sharing. 
Now, I'd love for us to switch gears for a little bit and talk about work-life balance. You know, being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create a work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this? in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business? Well, you know, the the problem is that work-life balance is that elusive thing that all women are trying to figure out. And I want to say right up front that you have to be very careful by saying, okay, I'm going to do 50% work and 50% family. It doesn't work like that because if you have children and you say, okay, so this 50% of the day I'm going to be working and one of your kids gets sick, all bets are off. So now what happens to that 50%? So the only thing you want to say is I want to devote time to both my business and my family and without putting a percentage on it. So just think about it that way. Now with work-life balance for me, I say that you have to identify your priorities and your value first. So what is the number one priority in your life? For me, it's family. Okay, I don't care about anything else. If anything happens to my family, there's nothing else in this world. So when I was starting in my business, I made sure, and I was a single mom. Let me just say, I was a single mom for 19 years. So I brought up my children by myself. And my number one priority was to make sure that they were happy and healthy and um and as well adjusted as could possibly be. They didn't ask to be put in a position where they had a single mom. I made the decision for them. So my goal was to make sure that whatever I could do for them, they were my number one priority. So my son was a division one soccer player. My daughter was field hockey. I never, ever missed a game because my priority was my family. And so that was first and foremost. The second priority on my list was my health. I had to be able to be there for them. So one of the things for my work-life balance is in the morning, I am not allowed by my own definition to even get near my computer until I have gotten off my treadmill. So I've made my list that, you know, that's part of my priorities. So you have to identify your priorities and your values first and foremost. The second thing that I do for work-life balance was I use a calendar. And I'm not talking about a calendar on, you know, on a computer or on your smartphone or anything. I am talking about a paper calendar. As old-fashioned as that sound sounds, most of us are very visual people. So what I do is, and I've always done this, and I, I mean I continue to do it, is I have a blotter-sized calendar. So it's your desk-type calendar. And I put things on it that I have to do or, you know, when my kids were little, what they needed to do. So if I knew there was a game, that would be on my calendar. If I knew that there was a training for my business, there was a, it was on my calendar. But I used it because it gave me some balance. I knew, and I used different colors. So for, if my kids were in pink and blue, I saw pink and blue. But I also have, if my business was green, I could see by just looking at it, where I was heavy on one and maybe not enough on another. And so not only did it help me keep some balance, but my kids also, because they were on my calendar, they felt that they were really important to me because after all, they made it onto my calendar. So it it, it worked in a lot of different ways. And so that was another way to do work-life balance. 
But the last thing that I did, and I've only done this for the last, I'm going to say five years, which has made a huge impact on my, my work-life balance. And I had this on my radio show one day and my producer was listening to me and he, he makes, you know, he makes a face at me every time he sees me now, because now he uses what I use and it's really, uh, it's a, it's a great tool and it's called my strategic triangle. So if you, if you make a triangle, you know that there's three sides. And so each one of those sides is something that's important in my business. And so for me, it's coaching, training, and speaking. If you don't fit into one of those sides of my triangle, then you don't, I can't do it. So if you said to me, oh, Judy, I want you to go into business with me and we're going to sell um, microphones. And I'm going to say, okay, well, that's not training or teaching or speaking. So I have to say no. So it's not me saying no to you. It's my triangle saying no. Now, the other part is if I want to add it in. So, okay, I'm going to say, yeah, I'd love to sell microphones with you. I have to take out training, speaking or coaching off my triangle in order to put that in. So it's very uh, structured. And for me as an entrepreneur, I have, I need structure. So my strategic triangle is the thing that says no to you. It's not me saying no anymore. Remember we said before that women have a problem saying no. So I don't even say it's me. I said, well, my triangle, you're not part of it. Can't do it. So, you know, I, I talk about priorities. I talk about my calendar and I talk about my strategic triangle. And for me, that's what keeps me as close to as being in balance as I possibly can be. Wow, great takeaways there with uh, so work-life balance that we all uh, are challenged with. I mean, those tips that you just shared with us, brilliant ideas that we can all uh, take action on today. So let me just summarize them again for our listeners. So the first one is to really identify your priorities and your values, and then devote time for for both of the for all of those priorities you have. For example, your family, your health, and I love the fact that you stress about doing your workout before even starting your work. I find that one really helpful to make it as a non-negotiable task so that mm-hmm. before I, I even sit on my desk, I have done those health activities that would contribute to my well-being, your workout, your meditation, your, you know, your green, green drink for the morning, for example. Things that would really help you uh, on the self-care uh, part of ourselves. Because I truly believe that one of the foundations of, of uh, our health is, I mean, of our life is our health. So we really have to take care of ourselves first. And of course, scheduling and putting your schedule on the calendar. And yes, I agree with you. I'm with the technology that we have nowadays. I'm still a big fan of the paper calendar. I I have both printed one and I also use a digital version, but I find the printed one very useful for me because then I can see it, I can feel it, I can make corrections or I can add or I can delete. So it's really about finding a structure that works for you. And yes, thank you for sharing your structure with us because that really gives us a sense of how to really structure our day according to the priorities that we have in our business. That strategic triangle that you shared with us really I can see that one myself and I'm definitely gonna apply that one in my business as well so for our listeners out there find that that structure in your business the, your top three uh, priorities for example uh, and that we, we will base your decisions uh, on that one if that will be benefit beneficial to you or your priorities then you, you will know when to say no and when not when to say yes great uh, tips there so thanks for sharing my pleasure 
All right, now let's talk about success and what success means to you. Your business appears to be financially doing quite well and with that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, would like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you and what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success? Well, you know, I think that success, um, your definition of success changes throughout your life. Like anything else, things change. Life happens. You know, if a, if a, a major life-changing event happens, your priorities change, and therefore your level of success, your definition might change. But for me, you know, all in all, um, one level of success, one way to measure for me, one of the benchmarks would be, am I making a difference? It, it, is what I'm doing something that's important enough that it affects somebody else? And maybe I've changed one person's life, or maybe I made somebody, you know, easier for a person. So I think part of that is really making sure that I bring value. If I truly believe I'm not bringing value, I might as well just hang it up because I think there's nothing worse than wasting someone's time. And, you know, there was a product that I was going to release a couple of years ago, and somebody kept saying to me, you have to charge like 10 times more than you're charging. And I said, I don't believe it's worth that. I don't believe it. And I'm not going to charge that. And then I realized, you know, I don't, I don't really, I really didn't think that that product was that great. So I didn't even, I never released it. So I think that you have to really identify, are you bringing value? The second thing I would say is how does it make, how do you feel? How do you actually feel? You know, is, is your, are you feeling like that inner peace that what you're doing is the right thing? You know, um, a lot of times people can offer you a lot of money and I've been in that position and it, it, you're not in the right place. You're not being authentic. So if you, it depends how you feel. If, if you feel the, you know, the inner peace, then you're in the right place. And I, and you have to look for signals and signs and, you know, and a lot of times it's physical. I know when I'm doing something that I, I shouldn't be doing and I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just saying that's maybe not in my, the right, um, wheelhouse for me, my neck starts to creep up and my back starts to hurt or my stomach starts to turn just because I know I'm not in the right space. So I always want to make sure that what I'm doing makes me feel good. And then the last thing is um, giving back. For me, the greatest measure, the greatest benchmark is when you become a mentor and when, when people want to work with you and maybe financially they can't afford it or maybe they're still in school or maybe 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 it doesn't matter what the reason is but you become a mentor and you give back and and there you know that's something that when I retire some year whenever um, what I want to do more than anything is just keep giving back be men, be a mentor for young women and I do that now I have you know five or six young women that I mentor and it's just so rewarding so that's like the the ultimate level of success is when you can give back. Wow, I love your perspective on success. I love the fact that you've shared that one with us. I mean, success is about making a difference, being at peace with the values that you do, being a mentor, giving back. And you are doing that by mentoring others through our interview today. You are you are sharing 
us, your, your advice, your tips, your suggestions. You're being a mentor to all of us here at today's Leading Women. So we appreciate you. I love that you shared that one with us and I love the perspective that you have because at the end of the day, I truly believe also that what really makes us happy is knowing that what we're doing or what we're putting out there is making a difference in other people's lives. And that it's a form of us being able to give back, being able to contribute um, in a way that is good for everyone. So great that you shared that one with us. Now, I'd love for us to talk about one of the highlights of our show, and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be, especially to those who want to follow your footsteps. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience, so take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learn would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? Well, number one, I would say be selective. You can't be all things to all people. You know, you have to really decide who it is that you're going to offer whatever it is to your product or your service or yourself. You know, so be really selective and make sure that there's actually a market for what you want. So that's the first thing I would tell you. The second thing I would tell you is that you have to be able to figure out what makes you unique. It doesn't matter what you're offering. This world is very noisy. So what makes you stand out from the crowd? What makes you different? What can people think about when they think about you? What's your special value? What, what can you provide that's new, that's compelling, that, you know, you have to identify what, what makes you unique because, there's a lot of people out there. Nobody in this world is offering anything that's new. Let's just be real you know, clear about that. There's nothing new in the world. It's the way that you present it. It's the way that you offer it. It's the way that you put yourself out there. So what makes you unique? There's plenty of people out there that talk to women. There's plenty of them. Mine, my twist is a little bit different or my presentation is a little different or my story is a little different. So figure out what really makes you different. But most importantly, my number three, and maybe should be number one, is invest in yourself. Don't leave yourself for last. Find a coach. Find someone that can take you by the hand and say, here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to do it. Not that they're going to do it for you and not that they're going to say yes all the time. Yes, you're awesome. Yes, you're amazing. Yes, I love you. No, they have to be able to say yes. They have to celebrate your triumphs, but they also have to call you out when you're not doing it. They're your accountability partner. So if somebody, I, when I, my very first business coach that I hired, she told me I was going to write a book and I said no. And she said yes. And I said no. And we went back and forth. And at the end, I said, okay, fine, I'll write a book. And she said, by our next visit, you will have your outline done. Don't write the book, just have your outline. And so two weeks later, when we spoke, we went through all these different things. And she said, um, do you have your outline? And I didn't really say yes. And I didn't really say no. I said, uh-huh. And she asked me to read it to her right then and there. And I didn't have it. 
And so she said, why are you paying me all this money if you're not even going to hold you, you know, I can't hold you accountable if you're not doing anything. And so the big lesson for me was find somebody that really will hold your feet to the fire when they say, this is how you have to do it. You really need to do it. So invest in yourself. Don't be afraid to spend a little money on a coach or a mentor because they can change your whole business right in front of your eyes. Wow, golden nuggets in what you shared with us. So well, let me just summarize them again for our listeners. So the first one is to be selective. And I love what you said about you can't be all to everyone. And make sure that there is a market for what it is that you want to put out there. That's really important too. And then the second one is to figure out what makes you unique, what makes you stand out, what differentiates you. Big on that as well. And then the third one is to invest in yourself, to find a coach, find a mentor. I am so big on this because without my mentor, John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I'm very big on finding a coach that not only going to help you get from point A to point B, but that would help you hold you accountable and call you out when needed because we need that push. We need that encouragement within the inspiration. Great takeaways here, great tips that we can all take action on today. So thanks for sharing. Last but not least, I'd love for you to share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service, where they can get it, and what's the best way that our listeners can connect with you. And then we'll end from there. Okay, so first and foremost, my website is sellinginaskirt.com. There's lots of things on there. There's videos, there's audios, there's articles, there's blog posts. There's a lot of stuff on there that you can pull down and just enjoy and learn from. Um, but one of the things that, you know, a benefit working with me is that I've been there, done that. I started out as the only female. I went through sales when sales was not popular. Um, I was very successful. And I, in turn, make it an easier process for you. And so I created um, a, a new product, which is called the Skirt Sales Playbook. And what it does is all the things that you and I are talking about, it's in there. It's videos and audios and um, assignments. At the end of six weeks, you'll have your own uh, personal playbook for sales. And it's all going to be about your industry, your business. And we make it so it's an authentic sales process because we all know, you know women don't really like to sell. We like to buy. We don't like to sell. So we make it, I make it very simple for you. And in a lot of videos, so it's almost like I'm in your living room or I'm in your office. And it's very cool. And it's probably one of the most exciting products that I put out in a long time. So it's the Skirt Sales Playbook. Okay, the skirt, skirt Sales Playbook. I'll make sure to have this on our show notes. And I highly encourage you to go there now and also to check her website, Selling in a Skirt, for a lot of these resources that she is sharing with us. And at least be on her newsletter so you can be updated on what she's putting out there. And if her products and services resonate with you, I highly encourage you to jump in. Again, that link is sellinginaskirt.com. I'll make sure to have this on our show notes. And by the way, all of these resources and the links that are mentioned in today's podcast will be made available in a beautiful infographic show notes at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Judy Hoberman or just type in her name on the search bar and it will find it for you. Again, the link is sellinginaskirt.com. Judy, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time, your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many, and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. 
women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. I really enjoyed it. And hopefully I can help other women do the same. All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two. Click the rate and review button. Step number three. Say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four, type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as TLW fan of the day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.